Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for the NBA, PGA, and the NFL. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. Checking back in on a few of the biggest injuries from week two on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Tuesday, September 22nd. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, I thought we were going to be able to leave all of Sunday's carnage behind us with Monday's episode, both of this show and of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. But we got some news rolling in on Monday about some of those injuries that are going to force us to talk about them further here on Tuesday. How you doing today? Doing okay, but not as well as yesterday. The news on Christian McCaffrey has me bummed because I felt like I drafted a pretty good team in flex this year, and going without him probably for the next four weeks, maybe for the next six, is going to be really difficult. It really is, and I, you know, I am... Knock on wood, lucky so far. I didn't have McCaffrey anywhere. I didn't have Barkley anywhere. Didn't have any top two picks. I would have had you know either one of them if I had top two picks anywhere. I didn't have them. I don't have them anywhere. But just hate to see big players go down. Whether you have them or whether you don't, you just don't want to see. You don't want to see anyone go down. But you don't want to see these big name guys who make the game more fun, who make the game more exciting, go down. We know we lost Saquon Barkley for the season on Sunday, and we found out on Monday that we lost Christian McCaffrey for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. This is a team that can easily be owing whatever when McCaffrey is ready to come back to. So you would have to imagine they're probably not going to force him. This is not going to be a team we expect expect to contend for the playoffs. They're 0-2 with McCaffrey, so just imagine what's going to happen to this team without its best player. We still have waiver rankings to go through and waiver claims to make uh, for the next uh, day or two, depending on how your league treats it. So where does Mike Davis sit in the waiver rankings for you? We've got plenty of guys here. We'll talk about the San Francisco situation in a little bit. We've got Daryl Henderson, also a very intriguing guy after what he did against the Eagles in week two. Where does Mike Davis factor into the running back waiver rankings for you in week three? I've got him first. I think I've got him ahead of Deion Lewis. Those guys are available in most leagues going into this week. And I think the main reason I have Davis ahead of Lewis is because of the roster construction. I think Lewis might share some touches with Wayne Gallman. I'm not sure Mike Davis is going to share with anybody. Seeing how heavily he was involved in the passing game yesterday gave me a lot of hope that Davis will actually be a bit of a PPR high floor guy every single week. He's not Christian McCaffrey. Nobody really is. But this is a bad Carolina team that will often be playing from behind that could consolidate a lot of touches on Davis. He's one of those guys, he's never really had an opportunity to be the lead back for any prolonged period of time. So very curious to see what he can bring to the table. But I think he gets more touches on a weekly basis than Deion Lewis. So for me, it's Davis over Lewis. 
Yeah, clearly he is a guy who they trust in the passing game. Eight targets in that game, and a lot of that happened alongside Christian McCaffrey. Caught all eight of them for 74 yards and you know, had that year in Seattle where he caught 34 balls as well. So do think he can be a weapon. I've got him ahead of Deion Lewis as well. I would have him behind Daryl Henderson. I think he's probably the guy who I would go after with the most aggressiveness on the waiver wire this week. But Mike Davis could be looking at you know, mostly ownership of this Carolina backfield. We'll see if the team makes a move in the interim. But right now, Mike Davis comfortably atop the depth chart, and he might be the only guy who is in the waiver group uh, who can say that here this week. Cortland Sutton, DVR, this one was a big surprise. We knew he hurt his knee in that game against Pittsburgh. We knew it could be something that cost him some time. I don't think anyone thought when we went to bed on Sunday night that this was something that was going to be a season ender, but that is exactly where it is. Cortland Sutton, tore his ACL. He is done for the year. Drew Locke, meanwhile, is going to miss at least two weeks because of a shoulder injury. Does that give you any concern for the fantasy-relevant offensive players left behind in Denver? Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, and Philip Lindsay when he returns from his turf toe injury? I think in a weird way, I'm a little more confident in just about all of the remaining healthy players because there are fewer talented options to get the ball right now. As much as this sucks, and to be clear, it absolutely sucks that Cortland Sutton is down with this ACL injury for the rest of the season, I think you can look at Judy and Fant more reliably week to week and say they're getting a very large share of the targets. Not having Drew Locke for at least a couple of weeks is a slight downgrade, but Jeff Driscoll is showing he's at least a competent backup. I thought he looked really good coming on into week two after Locke left with that injury. I think he's at least good enough to chuck it and keep those guys productive. And that's all you can really ask for of a backup quarterback, right? I mean, compared to someone like Nick Mullins, who's clearly more of a game manager, I think Driscoll brings a bit of a floor because he can run a little bit. And I like these weapons around him a lot. So I actually think the Denver offense could surprise some people, even with, the major injury to Sutton, and the short-term absence of Locke. Yeah, uh, Driscoll did play pretty well, and uh, Denver was right in that game. They easily could have stolen that one from Pittsburgh, so that does give you some confidence about Judy and Noah Fant. Obviously, the run game is a little bit different, but Melvin Gordon had himself a very productive game in that contest, and so you at least trust trust Jeff Driscoll, not an easy thing to say, to keep <laughs> the uh, to keep this team above water, right? They're not going to go totally submerged uh, with him in, in place of an injured Drew Locke. When Drew Locke does come back, I agree with you, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, easily going to be the top two pass catchers in that offense, and I think K.J. Hamler in deeper leagues is probably going to get himself some fantasy relevance, but just horrible news on Cortland Sutton. We thought we had gotten over it. You know, we got over the Saquon news. Even when the Sutton news came out, we had been able to digest the uh, Christian McCaffrey news for, I want to say, about half an hour or so, and then boom, just a punch in the gut, Cortland Sutton done for the season. A few other injuries to run through here really quickly. DJ Chark is dealing with a chest injury. We will check in on that as the week progresses. Michael Thomas, who of course did not play in Monday night's game against the Raiders, is facing a two to four week recovery timeline from his ankle injury. So we have one week in the books. Maybe we see him in week three and hopefully we see him not too much longer after that if he is unable to give it a go in week three. Jimmy Garoppolo also injured for the San Francisco 49ers. Team is considering him 
week to week with his ankle injury, so it could be a start in week three for Nick Mullins. You and I talked about Paris Campbell on Monday's show. We knew he had a knee injury. We weren't sure exactly what it was or what the severity of it was. Word came out on Monday. It is a sprained MCL and PCL, so Paris Campbell going to be missing some time here for the Colts. And Brandon Scherf, uh, one of the best linemen in Washington, he's going to be out three to five weeks also with a knee sprain. So that is bad news for all of those Washington skill players. We talked about Raheem Mostert's injury on Monday. Derek, a guy who is probably going to miss a week or two. It doesn't sound like it's too serious here. He has a sprained MCL. The team's still holding out hope early in the week that he'll be able to play in week three. That is looking unlikely, although they don't expect him to miss too much time. Uh, It sounds like Tevin Coleman is suddenly dealing with a more serious knee injury. They're already saying he is going to miss a couple of weeks here. So suddenly in week three, we're looking at Jarek McKinnon atop the depth chart. This is probably a short-term thing. Again, they don't expect Raheem Mostert to miss too much time. This is a juicy matchup, however, against a New York Giants team that gave up a big game to Benny Snell in week one, a big game to David Montgomery in week two. I know it's short-term, but how do you look at Jarek McKinnon in your waiver rankings this week? Yeah, I think if you need the immediate help, maybe he vaults to the top of the list. I think if you're looking more long-term, i probably put him ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say ahead of Deion Lewis, but behind mm-hmm. Mike Davis in terms of usage. I still think San Francisco is going to split up touches quite a bit, so that's the biggest concern. Does Jeff Wilson get some deep league love? We've seen him at times in the past take a few touches and do some damage with them. I mean, this team runs the ball so well, it's almost plug and play with some of the depth guys they can bring in. Yeah, it could definitely be something where uh, we do see a little bit of Jeff Wilson. I do think McKinnon's going to own the carries for uh, this team in week three, and I agree with you. He's really a short-term play because it sounds like worst-case scenario for Raheem Mostert right now is two weeks, and maybe that ends up being different, but when you are making your waiver claims, you're probably going to have to go in with that being the case, and guys like Daryl Henderson, Mike Davis, they're just going to be a little bit more intriguing uh, because it looks like they could have long-term roles for their team. I do think I would take a one-week Jarek McKinnon over a whatever Deion Lewis or Wayne Gallman are going to be for the Giants. That situation, it just doesn't intrigue me, even with Saquon Barkley down for the season. And speaking of those New York Giants, we now have a little bit more information on Sterling Shepard's injury. He is out with turf toe, so that is going to be something that costs him at least a few weeks. Golden Tate, available in about half of leagues across the fantasy football universe. Where are you on him versus some of the other popular wide receiver guys on waivers this week? Robbie Anderson, Russell Gage, and Corey Davis. I like Davis the most of this bunch, believe it or not. I think Anderson's probably... I don't believe it, actually. (laughs) I I think Anderson's a close second. I just think the point you made yesterday, this is a coaching staff and front office that brought him in for a reason. They've used him heavily each of the first two games. Now without Christian McCaffrey, they're probably going to have to throw even more than they already do, so that brings the target floor up for him. But I like Tate more than Russell Gage, and I think the thing that keeps getting me kind of stuck with Gage... I think Hayden Hurst is their third best pass catcher. I don't sure, think Russell fair. Gage is their third best pass catcher, even though they're showing to have pretty porous defense that will lead them to plenty of shootouts this year. So, yeah, if you're looking at these guys in like a 10-team league, maybe a 12-team league, and all four are available, Davis is atop that list for me. I'm coming around on that Titans offense, Beller. I'm about a half a year behind everybody else, <laughs> but uh, I'm finally there. 
Robbie Anderson is on top of the group for me. Two big games, and like we already said, uh, this team went after him. They were aggressive on him. This new regime clearly wanted Robbie Anderson and clearly had a plan for him, given how he has been used in these first two games. I think all four of these guys should be rostered, though, after what we saw from them in the first couple of weeks of the season, and now um, Golden Tate getting a larger share of the Giants' uh, passing game, at least in the short term. Both Shepard and Saquon Barkley off the table here means that Golden Tate, I think, going to be one of the most active guys in that Giants lineup. And speaking of active, our partners at Manscaped, they're active here to make sure that we don't gamble on shaving the same way that we do on football. Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for anyone in the shaving game. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. Get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash the athletic. That's 20% off with free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash the athletic. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves or give lame excuses, anything to get out of the discussion. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Go to GetRoman.com slash Football15 today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Football15. GetRoman.com slash Football15. All right, Derek, one of the big news stories of week two was Justin Herbert getting suddenly thrown into the fire, found out he was starting against the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, opposing Patrick Mahomes about half an hour before game time, and he looked the part for this Chargers team. Threw for 311 yards and a touchdown, did get picked off once. It was an ugly pick, but I think that's more than to be expected from a guy uh, who is making his first start in the manner that he did it. Nine and a half yards per attempt, too, in this game against the Chiefs. Anthony Lynn already saying that Tyrod Taylor, who is dealing with rib and chest issues, will be the starter when he is 100%, but it seems unlikely that he will be 100% in week three. So let's just say for the sake of conversation, that Justin Herbert is the starter in week three. Uh, the Chargers are at home against the Carolina Panthers, who you know, haven't given up big numbers to either Derek Carr or Tom Brady, but that's mostly because of games that have gotten a little bit out of hand and game, at least in the Raiders case, that was dominated by Josh Jacobs. Where do you put Justin Herbert on the stream radar in week three should he get this start? I think he's at least in the mix for your super flex formats, maybe for DFS tournament lineups because there is enough of a matchup here that you could see him exceed expectations. I don't think they're going to run the ball quite as much or quite as well uh, as the Raiders did against the Panthers. I think they split those touches, of course, between Eckler and Joshua Kelly, so that complicates things a bit too. Uh, but I, look, if he's going to get the start again, I like the pass catchers, right? You've got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, you got Hunter Henry. This is a good setup for Justin Herbert to come in as a rookie and actually have some success right away. Uh, so probably in the 20 to 22 range among quarterbacks for me going into this matchup, I think that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair place for Justin Herbert, and it would be interesting. Could they really sit him down? Let's say he goes out, has a great game against the Panthers. Could they really 
sit him down for Tyrod Taylor after what he did against the Chiefs if he brings them a win against the Panthers and does it in you know grand fashion. I don't know. Uh, Anthony Lincoln can say all he wants now, but if uh, Herbert looks good in a week three start, I think it would be awfully hard to go away from him, as is our custom whenever we can. We're going to end this with good injury news. Chris Godwin has cleared concussion protocol. He is ready to return. He will be out there for the Buccaneers in week three. And Kenny Galladay also expected to make his week three or his debut for the 2020 season in week three. He, of course, has missed Detroit's first two games of the year with the hamstring injury. But all signs point to Kenny Galladay getting out there for the Lions in week three. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are out there on Spotify, iTunes, anything like that, please rate, review, subscribe. Greatly appreciate it. And also, get yourself a subscription to The Athletic for just $1 a month at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.